to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello. Welcome back this week. It is uh, moving into November. Oh my gosh, we're in the second week of November. And um, I don't know about you guys, but the great debate over whether or not to put up Christmas decorations or not put them up before Thanksgiving. I'm like, really, people? (laughs) This is what you have to worry about? Um, It's just sort of funny. I don't know if you guys have seen that on social media, but it just sort of makes me laugh. I'm like, okay, so... If this is where you're focusing um, and you're trying to grow a business, maybe you should refocus. Just an idea. Um, so speaking of focus, I know that's kind of a random way to start this podcast. Um, I want to focus on how grateful I am to each of you who tune in every week and thank you, say thank you so much for being here. And if you are new to the podcast, thank you for finding me and thanks for tuning in today. This is a, um, this episode, we are going to talk about messaging and pretty much every time I run a survey or I do um, client analysis with um, customers that I'm working with, the, the same big problem comes up for every single one of those people in their business. And I think it's kind of a, an issue um, just across the board. I don't care what kind of business you have. I don't care, you know, where you are in your business. There's always sort of this underlying, like we need more customers. That just seems to be um, the, I don't know, the commonality between every type of small business out there. And so one of the things that we don't really think about because we immediately are, you know, drawn into hey, let's go out and um, spend more money on marketing. We should be on Facebook. We should be running Facebook ads. We should be running Instagram ads. And, you know, all of these different tactics out there instead of where we should be focusing, which is um, on our customers. And so one of the best ways to do that is to look at our messaging. And so I wanted to walk through, I have, let's see here, five five tips for you on messaging. And this is the um, beginning part of what I do with my clients when I work with them on messaging. And it, it is based on StoryBrand and it has my own little perspective on it. So if you aren't familiar with StoryBrand, I highly recommend that book. Um, Story Brand by Donald Miller. You can find it on Amazon. Um, I'm assuming you can find it at a local bookstore. I don't know, I usually get everything on Amazon, but I will put a link to that in the show notes. Um, but this is the first part of that framework and it's something that I've utilized with my clients now for over a year and I've, they've seen ridiculously fabulous results with it. And I've also seen it in my business. So once you can get some clarity around how you help people, um, the results that you give to them and you can clearly communicate that everything shifts, everything shifts in your business, everything shifts in the way you market and everything shifts in the way that you spend money on marketing. So let's jump into those five tips because, um, you know, you, by implementing the, um, the, uh, tips that I have for you in your messaging, I, I want to hear back from you guys on, um, either, you know, I'm going to send you over to my Facebook page. I'll put the link in the uh, show notes, but it's Elisa Connor consulting. And, um, I want to know, you know, when you implement these tips, I want to know how did it go? 
what you know what what worked what didn't work uh come and tell me and uh just leave me i'm gonna put a post over there regarding this episode and i'm just gonna put the same question out there so respond to that post let me know what you're thinking and um let me know what worked what didn't work maybe some questions that came up i would like to know that as well so let's hop in so number one is i find that a lot of companies and if you go and do a search on the web you're going to find the same thing um are focused on their products like they immediately jump in and say hey i do this and they don't um i don't know about you but the last time that i was searching for a product or a solution to something i wanted somebody that resonated with what um you know my pain points were so here's an example right now i'm looking for a new optometrist ophthalmologist one of the two um, because apparently when you hit a certain age and I'm not going to tell you what age that is because it's different for everybody but when you hit a certain age your eyes just decide they're not going to work one day (laughs) and so you can either not see far away or you can see far away and not up close Um, so I'm in the market to find a new optometrist and I really liked my optometrist that I had before. Um, One moved, he moved too far away. It's just, it would be a ridiculous amount of um, time investment to go and see him. So that was a bummer. But then the other one, um, I went to for a couple of years and he did a pretty good job. But then I got my glasses prescription last year and it didn't work at all. And I was like, what, did you just like write down somebody else's prescription? Um, And I just frankly, I don't know about you all, but I'm frankly tired of feeling like a number. Um, and I feel like the medical industry specifically really, uh, is just like cranking people through like as many people as they can crank through. That's what they do. Um, and so anyway, I'm in search of an optometrist and I know like when I'm out there, I want to know from people, you know, do they handle people that have older eyes? Like, what does that look like? What does your experience mean? Do you feel like a cog in the wheel? Do you actually feel like a patient? Um, so I have all these questions that aren't necessarily around, like how much is the eye exam? What kind of equipment do you use? Because frankly, I don't really care. I just want to know that you're going to take care of my eyes and that I'm going to be treated like a real person. And so I bring this up because a lot of times when you get into marketing, whether you're doing it in-person networking or you're speaking or you're, um, you know, writing copy for your website or writing a blog, you focus on what you sell. And frankly, people aren't there yet. In fact, one of the, um, best ways that I've ever had this put was from Sandra Yancey. And she um, put it in in the perspective of you haven't earned the right to sell them your product yet because they don't know you. And no matter how automated things become and how automated um, internet marketing becomes, you still have to earn the right and build that know, like, trust relationship. And you can't do that by jumping into all of the features and um, components of your product because frankly nobody cares they just want to know what it's going to do for them and so um if you can really get in touch with what your customer's problem is and i have an example i'm going to walk you through um in just a little bit about what this looks like but if you can really focus on your customer's problem and not how you solve that problem but really um connect with them and establish you know i understand what your problem is This is, um, you know, you're not the only one. You're not the only one that feels this way. There's other people that have felt this way. And um, and then really, you know, get clear about the words that they use and how they describe that problem. Because the way you grab their attention in this noisy world is to talk about their problem. When you start talking about your customers or your potential customers problem, they will pay attention. 
the quickest way for them to forget about who you are is you stop talking about their problem. And so you will find it like people will grab attention, but then they immediately jump into their solution and they stop talking about the problem instead of using the solution as um, a way to continue the conversation about that problem. And so I want you to think about that. Like when you look at your website, what's the first thing you see? Is it a solution that you have, um, you know, we uh, build WordPress websites. Let's just use that for an example. Is that the first thing that's on? Because people don't care. They don't care what kind of website. They don't care what kind of platform. They don't care that you build a website. They want to know, are you going to build a website they want? Are you going to be able to create the experience they want for their customers? Are you going to be able to create the website that is easy for them to use and update? Um, And so when you start to focus on those problems, and it's going to take some investigative, some PI work, I always say, you're going to have to go do some PI work and really dig into what those problems are. Because if you aren't aware, you need to find out. Because as long as you aren't addressing what they are struggling with, you are going to struggle in your business, in attracting customers, in um, scaling, in uh, getting more customers, all of those sorts of things. So Tip number one is to get really, really crystal clear on their problem and keep talking about their problem. And then number two is, and this is gonna sound very contradictory because I just said to focus on their problem, but you wanna get out of the, um, the doom and gloom. You don't wanna focus too much on the negativity of that problem. You just want to relate that you understand the problem, you understand the hiccups, you understand what they're struggling with but not go down the path of gloom and doom. Because when you do that, um, one, energetically, and I talk about energy quite a bit on this podcast, but energetically, that's where um, the energy will go. And it's really hard to bring it back up and regulate it and make it more positive when you go down the tunnel of doom and gloom and everything is horrible and blah, 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 blah. And so, um, you know, you don't want to focus too much on, you know, you'll never find. um, So here's an example. Um, The example that I that I have for you guys, I'm actually going to walk through this story really quick, because it's going to help go through the um, the different components. So my son, my oldest son wears a size 15 shoe. And it is not difficult to imagine. That is really hard to find him shoes. You go to the shoe store and there's, you know, maybe two pairs. The size 15 is pretty huge. Um, in fact, we sometimes joke and we're like, oh, the boats, the boats have landed. We've got to park the yachts because um, they're really big shoes. And so needless to say, if you have, you know, either really big feet or really small feet, you struggle with finding shoes. They just don't make a lot in that size. And so it can be really frustrating for him because he's a teenager and he wants to have, um, something fashionable, something that's in, you know, Nikes are still a cool thing. And so uh, you go and get Nikes and you like might get these really ugly ones that they would probably wear. Um, They're just all black. They're just not very attractive. They're not cool. They don't have any style and they're just really generic shoes. You know, I'm grateful that they had his size, but it's not really what he wanted. He just wanted to be able to express his personality. And so, um, the last time you needed shoes. Now my kids don't get a lot of shoes because one, his feet are really big. And two, they just, they don't wear a lot of shoes. They're boys. They don't, you know, maybe two pairs. They need a dress pair and they need tennis shoes. Um, and then maybe snow boots. So um, they don't get shoes very often. And so for me, I'm like, you know, it's, 
if shoes last six to 12 months at our house, I've gotten my money out of them. And so he came to me and he said, hey mom, um, Nike has this new thing where you can design your own shoes. And I was like, oh, well, so my first question was, is like, how long does it take to get them? Because you have a hole in your shoe. Uh, it only takes like a week. It takes 10 days max. And I was like, okay, well, that's that's reasonable. And I'm like, okay, so how much is this going to cost? Because, you know, Nikes are pretty expensive. He goes, mom, they're really only, they're, you know, maybe 10, 20 bucks more than what it would be to get regular shoes. And I'm like, oh, that's a no brainer. Um, and so how did they get his attention? Because he's a, I don't know what you, I think he's a Gen Z. He's post-millennial. So Gen Z. Um, so how do they get their attention? Well, my kids, I don't know if you guys have tuned into the current generation, but they are all about YouTube. So if you're wanting to get in front of that audience, you need to be on YouTube. So he sees an ad on YouTube. He's watching videos on who knows what. He loves to watch cook- cooking videos, which I think is pretty cool. But um, so he's probably watching a video of some sort, maybe football video, cooking video. And here comes Nike with their ad. Um, hey, you can make your own custom shoes. This is how you do it. Click here, blah, blah, blah. Get a coupon for free shipping or something like that. And so, you know, there's some important lessons there. Like one, are you getting in front of your audience? Two, um, are you grabbing their attention by focusing on something that is considered a problem? So for him, it's big shoes. Like th- that's a problem. And then, um, you know, you have the the minus the minuses of like, okay, so how much is that going to cost? Because you know, the moms are actually the people being marketed to. So the kids have to come and ask the moms for or dads, moms and dads for the money to buy the shoes. And so, um, you know, the price is going to be an issue shipping and then delivery time is going to be an issue. And so they answer all of those questions really quickly on their website. Oh, this is how you order it. Here's the, here's all the choices. And there's tons of choices for these custom shoes. You can go in and you can change them around. You can make them different colors. You can, you know, all this stuff. And it's, it's actually a really cool program. And so right there on that page, you know, they're answering, okay. Um, you know, they only take this long to come in. Um, they're, they're built custom to your feet. Um, if you, you know, you want another pair, you can order another pair just like them or a different pair. Um, They're not gonna be like anybody else's shoes because you created them. So they're gonna make you stand out. Um, And if you don't like them, here's the bonus, you can return them. You have 30 days to return them. And so that takes away the risk, like that eliminates risk. And so if we break all of that down into what we're doing in our own messaging, those are all areas that we need to talk about. And so I'm hoping that story will help as we walk through these other components. So when you're spending a lot of time, so you notice how Nike um, addressed the problems, but in a very positive way. And so uh, let's take, for example, we don't have your size. So they solve that problem by saying, hey, it doesn't matter what size you wear because we're gonna make these shoes custom to your feet. Um, And, you know, maybe you can't find your size, no problem. We've got it because we're making them for you. And um, then, you know, maybe another problem is, you know, you can never um, find shoes that have style. Well, we've got that handled or you can't wait forever to the sh- for the shoes to get here because you have a hole in yours. No problem. They're going to be there in, in nine days. Um, so they've thought about like all of those things that would come up. Well, what if I get them and I don't like them? Not a problem. You can return them. You have 30 days. So when you're looking at your own messaging, you don't want to spend too much time on the negatives, but you do want to address them. And those are all kind of objection issues that you want to look at the objections and you want to say, hey, 
they might say this. Um, so let's use another example. Let's say you are a chiropractor and I have a lot of clients that are chiropractors. So when we look at the objections that would come up, one could be, um, do you, you know, uh, I'm worried it's gonna, you're gonna be out of my insurance policy. Hey, no problem. Here's the insurance policies that we handle. You can always call our office and we will answer, you know, specifically about your policy. But in all, um, you know, worst case scenario is if we don't take your insurance, we offer a different discount for people that pay cash. And so that could be an issue. So maybe another issue that would come up is, um, I'm afraid to have somebody adjust my neck. Well, no worries. We don't do neck adjustments unless one, you're comfortable with it. And two, we have a very um, specific way that we do it that is very gentle, blah, 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 whatever that is. So look at those objections that would be coming up for um, your specific business. And I would say you could even brainstorm what those are. And then we want to address those in your messaging right on your website, because um, if you can weave that in and tell it as part of the story, people are going to feel reassured and they're going to want to take the next step with you. Um, so tip number two is to not spend a whole lot of time on the negatives, but just to answer them in a positive way, not necessarily with your product, but how you help your customers. So I hope that makes sense. It was kind of uh, convoluted a little bit, but it, because it's a little bit tricky coming right after, don't focus on your product, but you're not really focusing on the product per se. You're not going into the details of, uh, we have, you know, XYZ widget that comes in 18 colors. And it's, it's a very specific answer to something that would come up with a client or person. So, um, that would be number two. So number three is you never really talk about the outcome that your clients can expect with your product. Um, and this is in general, I'm not just pointing, I'm not saying this to you, but this could be a case. If you go look at your website, you could be really talking a lot about, um, so uh, here's an example. I see a lot of websites for coaches and trainers and speakers and all of this, um, you know, all of that arena. And most of the time it's all about their talk. It's all about what, you know, is in the coaching program. You get 12 calls. Um, and sometimes that can seem really overwhelming. You're like, I don't need 12 calls. I can't even get on one call and that's not helping me versus, um, if the opposite messaging were, uh, you get to, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about a specific problem that you have every single week. And we're going to forge out a solution for you that you can go and implement so that you can increase your clients, you can feel more confident, you can whatever it is. So whatever that outcome is for your business, you need to make that very apparent in all of your messaging and less focus on the details, more focus on what they can expect to uh, have as a transformation. And so uh, let's go back to our shoe example. Um, maybe the, um, the shoe company, I'm, I'm just trying to think of a shoe company off the top of my head, which is why I'm <laughs> sort of pausing here. But you know, uh, if there's a shoe company, for example, um, let's just use Amazon. If you're going to go buy shoes on Amazon, you may type in size 15 shoes. Well, you're going to get what they have and you're not going to get, um, the option to make some really cool shoes. You're not going to get the option to have something specialized. You're not going to get the option to have something stylish, you know, size 15, you're going to be like, Oh, here's your choices. Oh no, we really don't have it in that size. Or, 
um, bummer you're gonna have to have these ugly old man shoes because that's what we have in a size 15 and um, we'll lower the price that's that's a great one here so you may have all the products in 15 different colors and 13 sizes and but they're not my size they're not stylish and but we will give you these size 15 for a lower price because those are the only ones we have and I've had this happen like we went to Foot Locker and they're like yeah these are the only ones we have but they're discounted and I'm like yeah but they're hideous and so um, thinking about you know what the outcome is is that my son wants really cool shoes and you're not able to provide those. However, if we order them from Nike directly, he can get really cool shoes. And so then you, when you're looking at your competitor, and this is Foot Locker who sells Nike, but they're not able to offer that same um, service because they're not the manufacturer. So how do you stand out a little bit from your competitors? And this is something that I'm sure Nike has thousands of people focused on and millions and millions of dollars focused on is, you know, how do we surge ahead of the competition because we want to solve their problem. And so, um, and this is the outcome. They have really cool shoes. People comment on them. Um, you get to be, you know, you can run faster. You can, you know, whatever it might be. And so focus on, you know, that outcome for your clients. So let's go back to the chiropractor example. Um, so an outcome could be our, our patients see relief within two to three visits and they have a reduction in pain. They have um, less headaches. They have, you know, whatever the problems you identified in as, um, in number one, those are the things that you want to, uh, again, address with the outcome. Like how does your product or service help people achieve the opposite of the problem that they're having? And if you can address that, um, and really focus on that outcome, you're gonna have a much higher traction and a much higher conversion uh, in people that want to take the next step with you. And so the more that you can put that out there, the more um, specific you are in addressing those um, outcomes, the, the higher conversion you're gonna have. So another problem I see, number four is, is that most websites, it's, it's mind-boggling to me that I think it's 80%, I think the last statistic I saw was 80 or 85% of what, of every website out there never calls their um, prospective customer to action. They never say, hey, buy now. Hey, click here. Hey, order your shoes. Hey, book an appointment. They just, I think they, there's just, and I'm not going to lie, you know, I was in this position too until I knew better. And so I want you to go take a look at your website and tell me in the, in the first five seconds I'm looking at your website, do I know what is the next action I can take with you? Is it to book an appointment? Is it to schedule a free call? Is it to download some information? And then, you know, what is it? What is the next component? Um, and if you don't have one, I'm telling you right now that your website is not working as hard for you as it could be. And so you've got to call people to action. You've got to tell them the next step. Um, it's like breadcrumbs. You're feeding them breadcrumbs. And so let's imagine with, you know, Nike shoes. Hey, come order your custom shoes. And then you get to the page and there's no button. There's nowhere to go find how to do it. You would be so disappointed. You'd be like, oh, I'm so excited to order my custom shoes. I finally talked my mom into it. I'm ready to go. And then you go and there's like no custom build page. How likely are you going to be to buy anything from Nike again? Probably not ever because they just left you hanging. And so go look at your current website and tell me 
come over to my page, Elise Connor Consulting, and you know, comment on the post that I'm going to uh, put up to go with this episode, and comment and tell me how many, um, you know, how how hard was it for your customers or pr- prospective customers to find out how to do business with you, to find out what the next step is, um, and a lot of times people go, oh, I have a download. Well, that's great, but what if they don't want that download? What if they just want to talk to you? What if they just want to book an appointment? What if they just want to get in and see you? They're ready. Like, have you made it easy for them to take that action? And if you haven't, then you have a little bit of adjustment to do on your website. So that's number four. Um, and I, <laughs> the other example that I had written down is that you, you go and you invite everybody to a party and then you don't tell them when it is, where it is, what to bring, uh, what, to, what to expect. Will they be having dinner? <laughs> So you don't want to invite everybody to a party and then just go, okay, and just leave them hanging because, hello, that's not cool. Um, So that's number four. And then the last point, and then uh, after this point, I have three takeaway questions for you to go and journal about. Um, And I will actually post those as separate posts on my page. So if you don't catch them because you're listening to this on the go, head over to my Facebook page and you can... um, check out those questions and answer them if you if you if you cho- if you so choose if not you can you know write them out and journal and keep it to yourself but it is always nice to get feedback so um but number five is that you spend a lot of time talking about your products and solutions um and this comes down to what we were talking about earlier you know you may have 15 versions of the same product in different color sizes Um, options. And that is really overwhelming. If a client or a customer comes in and they, they, they don't, they know what they want, but you are overwhelming them with all of the different options. You aren't again, connecting to their problem. You aren't giving them a solution specifically to them. You're giving an overall solution and hoping that one of those things fits. Um, what they really want is somebody to take their hand and guide them to the solution that is best going to work for them. And so let's use this as an example. So say you have a marketing firm and you offer social media marketing and you offer email marketing and you offer website, um, content and creation and you offer uh, branding and you have all these things. Well, if somebody comes to you and they specifically want branding, and they sign up for a branding um, download. So maybe it's, you know, creating your first mood board. I don't know, just throwing something out there. And they they get that download and then they're working on their mood board and they're like, oh, this is harder than I thought, but you haven't added a call to action at the bottom. So they don't really, they forgot where they got this because they've had 15 other things come across their desk and they've signed up for every option they could come up with. And then they start getting emails, but they're about sales funnels. Well. There's no connection. They're like, who is this person? Why are they emailing me? And I'm working on my brand, so I don't care about sales funnels right now. It's There's no connection there. And so you're trying to give them a sales funnel solution to their branding problem, and they don't want a sales funnel solution to their branding problem because that's not where they are at in their process. And so when you're throwing your sales funnel solution at them, they're they're going to tune out, they're probably going to unsubscribe, and they're going to be annoyed and go, I don't even know what that person is talking about or how I got on their list, but I went off. So be the person that guides them through, you know, um, here's a perfect, if we're using that example, so you want to work on your brand so you can become noticed. However, once you become noticed, 
where are you going to take those people next? Well, we've got to take them to your website. Well, is your website working for you? Is your messaging working for you? No, not really. Okay, so we probably need to do a little bit of work there. So once there, you know, you have your website figured out, what's next? Well, I don't know. Well, do you want them to go to a product? Do you want to talk with them in person? You know, what are all those things? Well, then you come back around and go, oh, by the way, that's the sales funnel. Grab your attention, connect with your people, convert them into customers. And so um, if you aren't, you know, connecting the dots for them and leading the breadcrumbs for them to get to sales funnels, they're they're never going to make the leap. And so um, you've got to guide them along that, that path and guide them along that process and make sure that um, they understand the connection so that you're not just coming out of left field with whatever you're offering as a solution. So those are the top five. <clears throat> I'm just going to recap them really quick. You need to focus on um, the problem that they have. You need to uh, spend a little less time on the negatives, but really answering objections. So less on the negative, more answering objections. Number three is you need to focus on the outcome or results that they're going to um, have by using your product or service or working with you. You need to call them to action and not just assume that they know what the next next action is because they do not. <clears throat> and you need to, uh, the final one, oh my gosh, I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> The final one is that you uh, need to be a guide to them to lead them to the solution that's going to get them the outcome that they want. So I promised you three questions that you could ask yourself whenever you're um, creating new messaging around, you know, this could even be for content or it could be for your website or it could be for a launch, whatever you're going to do. But these are three um, relative questions that you can ask yourself over and over again. Um, depending on where you are in your business and your business will evolve as you evolve. So number one is who does your client want to become after they purchase or work with you? And so if we go back to the shoe example, like who, who does Riley really want to become? He wants to become the cool kid. Like he wants people to notice that even though he has really giant feet, I mean, he's pretty hard to miss anyway, but he, you know, when you are uh, six foot four and gangly and you kind of just want to fit in in any way you can. And so I want cool shoes. And so by having cool shoes, I'm going to be the cool kid. So whatever that looks like, like who do they want to become? And this is going to take some brain work. So you're going to have to kind of sit down and map it out and you may not get it right the first time, but that's okay. Just keep working at it. And that's why I want to put the questions in a spot where you can access them, um, you know, and write them down when you're not, you know, driving or working out or however you're listening to this. Um, you may not be in front of paper. So if you're not, the first question that um, I'm going to post on, on my Facebook page is, you know, who does your client want to become after they work with you? The second one is, what do their friends say about them? Like, what do their friends say about them after they've worked with you? Are they more confident? Are they, so if we go back to the shoe example, um, they're stylish, he's stylish, he's cool, he's a trendsetter, he's um, innovative, all of those things that, you know, uh, you could associate with wearing custom Nikes. So, um, you know, what does that look like for your customers? What does that look like for your business? Um, you know, how do they want to be known? What do their friends say about them? And then the last one is like, is what does success look like for them overall? So if we go back to the shoe example, 
um, you know, success in this specific instance is that they have really cool shoes and everybody admires their shoes and they're talking about them and they're saying they look really cool and, um, and they feel more confident and, um, they're feeling, you know, as a teenager, it's really hard to feel confident. Anyway, you feel pretty awkward, but you know, any little boost of confidence you can have, let's do it. So, um, that was sort of funny because that's what Nike says. Just do it. <laughs> anyway, totally not planned. Um, so those are the three questions. Again, you know, who does your client want to become? What do their friends say about them? And what does ultimate success look like? And if you can answer those three questions for your own product or service, you're going to have bigger results um, quicker. And you're going to actually get to work with the people that you really, really want to work with. So that's what I have for you this week. Um, next week, we are talking about creating processes for your business. And as we round out the year, this is really important because... Um, oftentimes you see a slowdown this time of year. For me, it's kind of crazy, but in order to scale and grow your business, you really have to get your processes down. And this is something that I'm working on. It's something that um, has become a priority for me to finish before the end of the year. I want, I have some very specific tasks that I'm processing out. So I wanna share with you what I'm learning um, and specifically around those processes uh, so that I can hire out help to assist me with those processes so that I can scale and grow. So that's what I have for you this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate you being here. Have a wonderful week. And again, check out uh, Elisa Connor doc, or I'm sorry, the Facebook group, which is facebook.com uh, Elisa Connor consulting. And I will put the link in the show notes, which you can find on my website at elisaconnor.com forward slash 62. I'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week.